yo, Cam, yo. Cam, how we doing? What's up, Matt? It's good to hear your voice, my guy. <laughs> good to hear from you as well. What's up with it? Well, here we are today. It's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. In my <laughs> studio, uh, about to record a, another exciting episode of Black Glue, episode eight. We out here. I'm excited episode about it. Episode eight. We doing the thing. You ever yeah, think man. like we would get like to episode eight? Like, I don't know. It's crazy. I just remember, like, when we started. <laughs> oh, so you had no faith in the podcast. Um, well, um, if, I, if I'm honest, sometimes I had my doubts. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, I got to keep it real, you know. Sometimes you doubt. It is what it is. But it's Dang. what you do with that doubt next. You know, do you let that doubt control you or do you move forward? Oh, man, we out here. <laughs> and so here True. we are. Here we are. Here we are. We out here. Eight episodes <laughs> deep. You feel me? 12 episodes planned. You feel me? And season two starting to get planned as well. So we yes, got sir. a few episodes planned for season two. Um, so that's exciting. Yo, season two is going to start off with some fire. Season one ends with fire, but season two starts with fire. It's all fire, but it's like. For those of you who watch Naruto, it's like Amaterasu fire. Like, it's black flames. Like, it's serious heat for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that Itachi flame. Exactly. Uh, we got that Mangekyo Sharingan. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't watch Naruto, I'm sorry. <laughs> watch Naruto. But you should. It's worth it. <laughs> I need to get back into it on, on another note. <laughs> Bruh, no joke. I watch Naruto every single day on my lunch break. Just little clips yeah. of, like, my favorite moments. It's such a good show. <laughs> the last part, I was just where... Oh, man, I can't say it because I don't want to give any spoilers away. But, like, some well, intense man, stuff that, done. But for people who haven't seen it, though, I don't want to give any them. spoilers away of, of who dies. <laughs> of who dies and stuff in Shippuden because oh, it's okay. real sad. It gets, oh, yeah, it gets yeah, yeah, sad. Yeah. Like... You're like, dang, I really bonded with you, and now you're gone. <laughs> Man, I'm not going to yeah. hold you. Yeah. A tear came to the surface of my eye and dropped. I tried to suck it back in, but it was like, nah, play, boy, we're dropping for this one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Rest in peace. Don't even say it. Don't ruin it for the people who haven't seen it. Come on, Matt. I didn't say it. I want to, but I'm not. I'm not. But rest in peace to you know who you are. Uh -oh. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> You're a real one. Uh... Anyways, welcome to another episode of Black Glue. I'm your guy, Matt from the East. And with me, a guy, Brother Cam. Yeah, since your boy came from the West. And what you know it do? What happened to the Portland Hood 9 or little area code rap thing that you do? We're not doing that today. Came from the 503. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That one. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I feel it, then I feel it. I'm just tired. <laughs> See, it just threw me off. I was expecting like a whole spiel and a little shout out to Portland. Expect like, the unexpected. That's mm. that's black glue. Mm. <laughs> mm. I feel we it. We, we ain't predictable out here. You're right. Predictable like is boring. Exactly. Can't be predictable. Come on now. That's hilarious. That actually, I actually said that because I'm the most spontaneous person I know. 
Yet I was expecting lack of spontaneity from somebody I chose to be a close friend in my life. <laughs> what sense does that make? Wow. <laughs> it's all balance, all balance, yin and yang. Is it yin and yang or yin and yang? I've always hmm. wondered that. Hmm. I think, in, yeah, I, I think uh, yin and yang is correct. I don't know. Whatever language, just, I don't know. I'm right or is that here. just how we say it in America? <laughs> I think in America we mispronounce a lot of things. Yeah. And dude, there's this Jack in the Box commercial that used to always no every single time it comes on it gets on my nerves. They would always say chorizo instead of chorizo, and it would grind my gears. I'm just like, bruh, y'all know how to say chorizo, but you keep saying chorizo. Like, bro, stop. And now that I think Matt, about it, I'm yes. I have a confession. Ooh, it's, it's sad. It's sad. I was talking. <laughs> it just reminded me of today, but I was talking to this girl, and we used to practice my Spanish, and my struggle was always rolling my R's. I can't roll my R's. <laughs> Dang. So it's you're so sad. you're one of those people that says chorizo instead of chorizo. No, I just don't say it. Okay. <laughs> See, That's get me better. one of the, get me one of those C things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Oh my gosh. The meat popular in breakfast burritos. Yes, that one. Yes, exactly. Starts with a C. (laughs) Has a a Zoes at the end. (laughs) You know the one. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm dead. Oh my God. (laughs) It starts with a C. Has its O's at the end. You know the one. That one. Yes. The meat yeah. that you smell in the morning. Yes, that one. Thank yes. you. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. Ex- I don't got to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Wait, so are you actually trying to learn Spanish currently? Or there was a moment in time in which you were trying to learn some words and you realized that you have a hard time with the R's? Um, there is a moment in time where I was trying to learn. Uh, I feel like I bounced back and forth between it. Like, but right now I, I'm at the point where I'm just like trying to practice a little bit every single day because I really do want to learn the language. Hmm. So eventually, like, I want to get Rosetta Stone. Mm. But, okay. Yeah. I'm just doing little apps like Duolingo. So I feel it. Probably okay. like, might change my phone over to like Spanish too, just to like hey. be in, engulfed in it, you know? You know what? That's an excellent way to make yourself learn the language. Rosetta Stone yeah. be working too, so uh, I'm sure you're gonna get it down the moment you decide to really do that. So I wish you the best with that. Dang, okay. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Well, what do we have on the plate for Black Glue today, Matt? The what mayonnaise is heavy with this episode. Oh, mayonnaise! You could have chosen something better. You could you could have chosen a better <laughs> condiment. Come on now, mayonnaise. Well, it's on uh... Caucasia. It's on Caucasia today. This episode is on. (laughs) This episode is on white media and all of those things that are affected by white media. We're gonna delve into this. Um, The docket is completely on this on this today, so um, we've got some interesting things to come at you guys with. Um, But yeah, so I appreciate you all sitting with us for another episode of Black Glue. This is episode eight, and this should be an excellent episode. Yeah. We have a lot on the docket. Should be fun. Should be fun. All good times today, y'all. All good times. Yes. Yes. 
And as always, with the facts and the personal experiences, we're going to have the light jabs and the jokes. So let's do this. White media, brother Cam. Oh, man. White media. It's crazy how majority of the world is not white. However, it's completely affected the whole world. And I should actually even say not affected. It's completely infected the whole world. And I say infected because Eurocentric beauty standards and European colonization and all these things have caused lots of damage, destruction to communities, to countries, and to individuals. And it's wild, bro. Like, the powerful widespread that has just uh, been known as uh, white media, dude. It's crazy. But there's a lot, shoot. Whether we're talking about the white savior complex, self-image because of white media, all of that good stuff. We're going to get into that, each thing, one by one. But it's a lot. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so white media, it impacts, for sure, the black world. Specific. I can't talk about, you know, the brown world in details, the Indian world, the Hispanic world, but I know the black world, and so I'm going to specifically touch on the black world, but it affects the world as a whole. Definitely, but, um, definitely. How do you feel crazy. like? How do you feel like growing up? Like it's impacted your world, Matt. Bruh, growing up, I walk into, I, I turn on the TV, I see white faces, white faces, white faces, white faces. I walk into the local CVS, Walmart, Target, Save Mart. I see white faces, white faces, white faces, white faces on the magazines, on the TVs, um, all over. Unless it's got something to do with entertainment, like sports, unless it's love and hip hop, um, unless it's the news, or unless it's like a movie where somebody's been painting as a villain or being victimized. But outside of that, like in life, for the for the most part, until more recently, that's what I would always see. Um, and so, like growing up, like as a kid, that absolutely caused it conditions your mind when you see white people painted specifically and strategically in one way, and then everyone else in another, or even if um, other people who aren't white are um, shown in positive lights as well. When you take a step back and look at the amount in which white people are painted in a desirable state through media versus black and brown people, it's a completely different level. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to get into that too much until later on. But how about you? How do you feel like uh, it impacted you as as a youth growing up just in life? Do you feel like it's something that you noticed? Yeah, good question. I think just growing up, like I grew up and I was adopted, so I was like really already around like white culture. So I think for me, like it's weird, like I didn't really notice it, <laughs> you know. I think growing up because it was, it became like my norm. Um, mm. But I think there was like looking, but when I look back on it, you know, and as like I've just grown and, um, just advanced in life, I see, like, the harm it's done, you know, and I think it's definitely, white media has put 
black blackness into a box, you know, and I really look back on just like my childhood, like the black people that I saw, you know, on TV or were playing sports, they were in music. Um, I think that's definitely had a major impact on me and um, the things like I do because like I wanted to be like them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be like these, these figures, but I also feel like um, it's really, it's limiting at the same time, you know, it's my experience has been one where I feel like white culture, if you're not music, music is a good example. So I think in media, um, if you're black, it's like, you better be in hip hop or R and B, you know? And I just feel like that's how, that's how media kind of portrays it, you know? And so I think of myself, like even today, you know, in like many different forms as like an artist, you know, cause artists just a form of expression. Um, I like to write poetry and stuff like that, but I feel like there's always a struggle of like, oh, is this the right way to express myself, my my idea? It's got to sound kind of hip hoppy or something, you know, where it's like we, you're almost you're almost kind of seen as odd if you'd be into like rock and roll as a black guy in society or like country or something like, or like some artists like Green Day or something, you know? If you said Which you is were in, hilarious Yeah, if you said, like, you were into that, like, unfortunately, people would be like, what? Yeah. What? Like, and if that doesn't strike you as, like, something being off, then <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there, it's, there's something wrong with it, straight up. Yeah, you know, um, oh. it is, but, I mean... When you're consistently, when people who look like you are consistently painted to be X, Y, and Z, people are going to expect X, Y, and Z. And when you give them L, M, N, O, P instead of X, Y, and Z, they're like, whoa, what's going on here? Wait, so you're telling me you're not a rapper? You're telling me you don't play basketball? Yeah, so I mean, I feel that. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a whole thing. Question for you. So I'm going to yeah. answer this question first for myself. Answer I'm for gonna you. Ask you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so question so i was just thinking as you were talking about you know like being more so immersed in whiteness as a child seeing how you grew up around white people and so noticing white media would look different for you maybe than it did for me um so my question for you was did white media question make you question your blackness so the reason why i asked that is because like i would watch tv as a kid and i would just think to myself like huh I'm starting to notice a trend here with how people who look like me are represented. Like, what, like I mean, I knew I, my skin color was not the same as my neighbors and or all of my neighbors and some of my friends, but it wasn't anything past that initially until white media really forced me to recognize that. Like, on TV, I'm watching TV, and I'm noticing a trend. Like, okay, so everybody who you know also has brown skin like me why is it that they're the bad guys? Shoot. Yeah. Uh, why is it that um, the black woman is, I'm not going to get this too much, but why is it that the black woman is always angry 
and violent. Why is that the black guy has a bold color bandana on his head and he has a gun and he has on a wife beater? First off, side note, why are wife beaters called wife beaters? I don't like that. That needs to change. Anyways, <laughs> but why is it that he has on like, you know, this tank top and he's sagging his pants and he's angry or he's making music? Like, why are this? Why are these the only things that I see about people who look like me on TV? And the way these people act does not represent what I know, you know, what I know blackness to be. I mean, nobody in my immediate family acts like this. You know, I know more black people who are very different than what I'm seeing on TV than what I'm saying. But for some reason, this stigma is continuously placed on us. Um, so that's something I for sure noticed when I was younger. It's always just curious if you were, you ever like started to question or, you were curious about why white media was portraying people who look like you to behave a certain way or interact in a certain way. Mm, that's a good question. I can't say I've ever really like thought about it. Um, like you're kind of question. Your question is kind of like the influence white media has kind of had, like yeah, on on my blackness, like on my portrayal of blackness. Yeah, or just just who is you that, are that being a black man. Yes. Okay. Um. I, yeah, I think there were certain images like of blackness and white culture that I saw that were just kind of like crucified, you know, especially when it came to anything like involving like crime, like just seeing, um. I think gangs, like, like in particular yeah. and like, um, just seeing individuals perspectives, um, in white culture on gangs and like, like knowing obviously, you know, like some of the stuff was bad, you know, but not really trying to ever understand it, mm. you know, not yeah. trying to under ever understand like how this, um, came to be and I think when you look at kind of the history of gangs it's actually it's actually pretty interesting yes it is you know, you know from what I from what I know and um, hmm. parts, of it has, parts, parts of it has to have to do with like um, segregation you know from my understanding you know being placed into like these specific areas of like cities you know black communities basically being forced um into the less desirable areas. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's interesting. So I'd say like white culture has definitely influenced. Yeah. My perspective on, um, blackness, I'd say some for the, some for some in a good way, some in a bad way. I can't even say like, I fully even grasp the depths of like the influence it has had, honestly. So, mm. I think okay. it'd kind of be interesting to like discover more about that as well oh, okay. along this journey of Black Glue. Absolutely, that's one thing wow. I love about Black Glue: the opportunities, the conversations to grow, learn, understand, and educate ourselves as well as others. That's what we're here to do, people. Have these conversations; they're fun, they're insightful, and they're deep. So, on the topic of um, you know, white media and its portrayals, one huge thing that I've always seen and that I hate is that white media has this extremely sexualized fetish 
or this this extremely fe- this extremely um, fetishized view of black women and Asian women as well, and it's so ridiculous. Um, that's another thing. Like, so I was tired of just saying black men being thugs and stuff like that. But whenever I would see black women, I was almost always forced to cover my eyes because they would always be sexualized in some type of way. Like, have you ever noticed that? I for sure have. Like, my parents would always maybe, like, look away because they're always doing something wild to black women, making them seem representative of animals in some type of way in the little leopard print or whatever all the time, barely wearing any clothes on all the TVs, on all the magazines, or on all the movies. Yeah, like, black, like, like, they, like they only be, like, twerking up in the club or something. Like Yes, yes. Yeah, or, okay. or they're the yeah. homewrecker, you know, yeah. or they're the prostitute. But you... I, Growing up, I didn't. I rarely saw examples of, you know, what I know black women to be now—a good, a good woman. You know, just a regular good woman. You know, like why? Why do black women have to be so sexualized, so fetishized on television, on media? You know, like why does that have to be a thing? And why is it that white women aren't treated that way at all? Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, women, women in general in, in media are fetishized. Yes. But specifically, black women, they're, like, hyper-sexualized, and it's disgusting. And um, that's one thing I noticed as well. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, why are y'all doing this? Like, are you really just, like, that obsessed with black bodies that your obsession has gone to objectification to the max? Like, this is crazy. But um, that's something I noticed for sure. And yeah. uh, I hate it. And it needs to stop. How do you think we stop that? What can we do to? That's interesting. I think it all boils down to when you talk about like uh, women being, what's the word? I guess like that is shot. That I don't know the word. Yes. I don't know the right word. That is yes. in like society, um, specifically like black women. Women. I think it comes down. The first thing that comes to mind is it comes down to money. You know, as long as it's putting Ben Franklin's in people's pockets, um, mm. it's it's going to be done, you know. And so you you find ways to, like, attack the money chain. You know, I think even, like, when we, have, when we talk about, like, politics, like, simple things. I was watching the movie 13th on Netflix. It's about, like, the 13th Amendment. And it's a super good documentary, but I think it it touches on a lot of things we don't necessarily think about and just having like a greater awareness, like the companies like we support, you know, are supporting um, the people in power and funding their, their campaigns. So even the places like you shop at, you know, are, you could be just supporting without really, if you don't take time to look, you know, one of your go-to companies might be like, a Donald Trump supporter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just taking a look at that, you know, and seeing, are you supporting what you really want to be supporting at the end of the day? Right. So I think you'd have to affect like the money chain for like to create some change there. What do you think, Matt? I think um, in order to put a stop to the fetishization of black women, first things first, within our personal lives, when we see it and hear about it, whether it's in conversations or see it actually happening physically in person, 
we need to put a stop to that because all that ends up leading to is violence. Um, yeah, all that ends up leading to is violence. A fragile ego with high expectations. Meet somebody, they expect X, Y, and Z, or they want X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z does not happen. Aggression takes place. That leads to violence. Um, violence in that way or just a mistreatment of black women and treating them as objects instead of people, you know? And that's not cool. So I think for sure the first thing we can do is whenever we see it, hear about it, shut it down, educate, don't fund these things. So if you see it on TV, don't watch it, which may be an inconvenience, but what's a minor inconvenience to somebody's life being saved or what's a minor inconvenience to somebody being treated, somebody being able to be treated like, a human being, how they're supposed to be treated, being treated fairly. Like, I think black women are the most disrespected people on the planet, you know? And hypersexualization and the fetish of black women plays a large part in that. And so I think those are little things that we can all do, you know, speak up when we see something from a trash individual, you know? Or don't entertain that stuff when we see it on TV. Like, it's not hard to change the channel. Um, but that's, that's what I think about that. As you can see, I feel strongly about this. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just not cool, man. It's really not. Yeah, you bring up some good points. Just like the overall objectification of women and like looking intrinsically, you know, and seeing like I think every like we're guilty of it, you know, like I'm guilty of it. And if you don't see it and uh, aren't aware of it, like in your own life, um, how are you ever gonna how are you ever gonna change it until like you feel like upset about it you know you feel something towards it because i think sometimes we just become like just numb to it you know we see it we see it all the time it's it's everywhere it's on our instagrams it's on our youtubes it's on our televisions and um it's everywhere and so you just become numb to like the objectification of women at times i know i have you know and that's that's sad and it's like do i like to admit that no but like am i willing to like change that do i have a desire to change that absolutely absolutely and i think like like that's even something you know i've thought about like in my own life recently you know and something like i'm working on i think just our relationships with women in society um need to change yes they do they so, absolutely do. They, they need to change. So, and I think getting down to, um, like, root causes, of like, how you see women. I was adopted when I was young. So, you know, initially, like, you know, my perspective of women hasn't always been the best. Um, you know, I definitely have, like, feelings of, like, dang, my mom, like, kind of left me. <laughs> um, not completely... You know, I got I got a whole I got a lot better life, you know, out of it. But there's definitely that feeling, you know, deep down um, that I've always had to deal with. Right. So and recognizing that that's something that can impact my perspective if I choose to allow it. Yeah. Wow, that's real. Yeah. What are we doing within our lives to change our perspectives for the better on how we view women? My experience is more so on the humorous end and very different than yours, but it really made me realize and has since I've stopped doing this, it's helped me really just like 
not look at women as I mean, I always looked at women as people, you know, but not sexualizing them, specifically black women. I had to unfollow World Star on Instagram. Let me tell you why. On World Star, once 915 at night comes around, it's nothing but twerk videos and booty videos. Now, let me tell you. When you see that stuff on your feeds, see, this is little stuff right here that you can do, everybody. This little stuff that you can do right here. When you see stuff like that on your feed all the time, you get drilled into your mind that this is something that's normal. That's something that I should expect of people. And it's not. And so you immediately just think when you see these people, sexual thoughts. So I had to check myself. And now for me, I was like, okay, I just need to unfollow this page because this is all I'm saying. I'm not... Um, I'm not, um, I'm not one to entertain these type of things. And if when I'm online, if this is what I'm continuously seeing about people who look like me, when I see people in person who look like me, I'm interacting with them, these videos are going to continuously play in my mind. So I don't need to be watching twerking videos. So I don't follow World Star. So that's like something super simple you could do, you know, um, cut off the t- whatever it is that's toxic that f- that's feeding these trash thoughts into your head about people not being just people, but more so being sexual beings or whatever. And so that's something I had to do for sure. And then ever since the year 2016, life has changed. Yeah. Micro changes can have major implications, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think if we, if we take time to implement things like little micro habits into our lives, you know, all of a sudden they begin to, grow and foster into great beautiful trees you know over time so with the right uh, nurturing that's right and these trees oh. don't know nothing about twerking mm-hmm. <laughs> <healthy> tree. <laughs> uh, but that's Good, cool I, I, applaud, I applaud you for that man. <laughs> power power move power move, power move absolutely it wasn't easy let me tell you but <laughs> Once I realized it completely, like, you know what? It wasn't easy. You just click this. the unfollow button. Okay, but here's the <laughs> one, thing. One little click. <laughs> <laughs> See, so that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, little things that can be yeah. small inconveniences that make, a big di- that make a big difference. Like, I don't view women in the way that I used to in, like, 2014, 2015, beginning of 20, well, no, 2014, 2015, because of one small thing right there. But um, you're right, man. Absolutely right. It's one small little thing. In the moment, it was just like, oh, but man, World Star, they post funny stuff too, trying to justify it. Then I realized, like, no, nah, that's trash. I'm yeah. out of here. Yeah. Oh, that makes me think of something. I have a question. It's for so, like everybody and for something. It's something like I'm going to think about over the next week. Like, what is like one thing that's really impacting your way of women, your view of women in a negative way that you ooh. want to change? So what's like something that you're around and you're like, this is impacting my view of women in a negative way. And then ask like yourself, like, okay. I mean, if if you want to change it, great. You know, like if you don't let it's all up to you at the end of the day, um, I hope you do. I hope you do want to change it. But like asking yourself the question, like, okay, I see this is impacting my view of women in a negative way. Like, how can I change it? Hmm. What, what can I do? What's what's a what's an action step um, that I can take? Whether it's just hitting the unfollow button, maybe it's something like just educating yourself on something that you didn't know 
about women. Maybe it's looking into traumas in your life, you know, regarding um, maybe women or, yeah, yeah, I don't know, just little, little things like, but I think that'd be something interesting to do. <laughs> I know I'm going to do it. I'm going to take, I'm going to take it up. Um, and yeah, we'll report back. That's a great challenge of the day right there. I like that. So I'm going to write it down. I'm going to write it down real quick. Yeah, that's solid. What can you do to change the way that you view women, whether it's women or all women have attitudes or whether it's women complain or they're needy or you view women in a sexual way or you're lusting after women, whatever it may be. They're not just lips, hips, and fingertips. Whatever it may be, what are you doing? You know, and um, yeah, nobody's perfect. So y'all, y'all doing something, whether you think they have attitudes or whatever, <laughs> y'all doing something. So do yeah. that within yourself and figure that out. I think that's an excellent challenge and that presents an opportunity for us to all be able to, you know, grow within ourselves. That's all. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. I'm excited, y'all. I'm excited for this. So Yeah, that's dope. Okay. So... Last thing on the docket. This is a solid... Okay. I can't wait to jump into this. Last thing on the docket. What do y'all know about the white savior complex? And do you think it is a thing? No, I'm I'm not... I'm going to reword that. White savior complex. Let's talk about it. There we go. That's more appropriate. Brother Karen. (laughs) Yes. What are your thoughts? Hello. What are your thoughts on the white savior complex? Well, first off, we know that Jesus was from the Middle East. <laughs> Come on now. So just, Let's start it right ju- there. Just, just saying. So chances are he is a darker skinned man. Like He was not from the Caucasus Mountains. His eyes were not blue. Does it really, like, does it matter on the grand scale? It um, does. I think it does. It does. In a way in a way. Um, but I think what I see most when I see the white savior complex is the abuse of the gospel. Ooh, hold on. Oh, you, you know, you got to dive into that. You, yeah. you can't just say what you just said I, yeah. and not just dive into what you just said. Yeah. I have seen the, the gospel. I have seen like the word of God be abused to, uh, um, advance men's own agendas Mm. i've seen abused to to gain power i've seen it abused to enslave i've seen it abused to to tear people down i've seen it to Mm -hmm. to use to judge people Mm um and that's not saying the word of god is flawed that's saying the men who have used it at times have abused it. Yes, they have. Completely. It's so sad. Like people will use, it's a little off topic real quick, but people will use, you know, their um, ability to abuse the word of God and um, add things to the word of God to take things out of the word of God to try to um, control others and justify their wrongdoings. Definitely. Like Um, it's unfortunate, like terrible things have been done in the name of Christian, like the name of Christianity. Yeah. That's wild. But like, 
for me, in my experience, the Bible has been a book that has changed my life and the principles um, surrounding it has have impacted me in a major way and, and helped me out um, where I think it's easy for people to go wrong is when those truths get misconstrued. Yeah. So a truth misconstrued is also like very powerful if something has an element of truth in it. Um, it's easy for the mind to get warped and go into some other direction. So, Ooh, that's a perfect uh, pivot for me right there. Go, mind going in some other direction because of misconstrued truth. So the other aspect of the white savior complex um, I'm going to start up would be uh, a white person coming into a black or brown space and saving the day. We see it on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. And continuously, I know I saw that all the time on TV as a child, for sure. whole bunch of black people, the white guy comes in, or the white guy comes into the neighborhood, changes everything, makes everything better. That's a typical example of the white saver complex. Now, growing up as a child, seeing that, and then seeing that as an adult as well, if you're not aware of what the white saver complex is, what's being drilled into your head as a black or brown person, or even as a white person, is that white people coming into a space that's not white is good for that situation and makes that situation better. Because the people who were in that situation who were not white cannot help themselves. A prime example of the white savior complex would be uh, white missionaries from the U.S. always wanting to go, I'm going to Africa to feed the kids and to preach the gospel and blah, blah, blah. There may be some good intention associated with that, but if the only time... Let's say I live in Nigeria, right? And if the only time I ever see white people coming into my my town, my village, I don't whatever, there's metropolitan areas, there's more culturally connected areas that choose to adhere to their old ways. Um, whatever part of Nigeria that I live in, if I'm there and I only see white people come in when they're trying to make something better or help out, in my mind, I'm going to have this idea, this notion about white people about what they do about what they're about unless i watch you know tv and then i'm gonna know some other things too but you know for the most part like that's what i'm gonna think and so i know for me i grew up in the u.s in, in california and i know for sure growing up um i would always see that on tv white people come in and save the day you know i would remember there was a movie called like kings of egypt or something like that and the guy who's supposed to save the day in kings of egypt was a white dude, even though Egypt is in Africa. And everybody else who was slaves and villains, they were black. But the one good guy was a white guy. And he came in and he saved everybody. And so it's so dangerous on your mind. And so I, I feel that we need to be so cautious what we feed ourselves as well as the youth and our children. Otherwise, we're going to start to have an inferiority complex towards ourselves and a superior viewpoint on people who are fair-skinned or white because of how the media portrays them yeah and when there's that feeling of inferiority you know amongst the people like in college i learned about like the rwandan genocide oh yeah it was super interesting like just um being able to learn about it 
because basically it was kind of just bred off of like inferiority, <laughs> you know, like a certain, like it was the tutsu, tutsis and the tutsus, yes. I think, I believe. Yes. Um, but yeah, one of the tribes feeling inferior and basically like we're going to eliminate them. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think like, yeah, we have to be careful and about that's a, that's a feeling you have to watch for is inferiority. Cause I think inferiority breeds pride. Absolutely. So, and then pride breeds destruction. Come on now. That's exactly what it is within your mind. And then you pass it on to the youth. And it's a cycle. That's actually um, kind of where the the notion of, or not the the uh, the belief or the thought of light skin versus dark skin. Why is that even a thing? Oh, we should have a, we should have oh, a whole up, we're gonna have a whole episode on that. But that comes from people being taught that they are not as good as because somebody is lighter to resemble white features. It all comes from one specific place. I'm not going to get too deep into that, but that is very much connected to the white savior complex. Um, oh, I can't wait to do that episode. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild how deep the white savior complex truly goes. Like, I was watching this um, this video of Muhammad Ali. He was talking uh, to the to this radio host. I forget the guy's name. This was in like the 70s or 80s. No, it was like the 80s. And he was talking about how as a child, he would ask his mom, he's like, mom, why is everything good white, but everything bad is black? He said, Jesus is white. The angels are white. The color of purity is white. The color of badness is black. Black cats are considered bad luck. You know, um, even it's, it's crazy. Even with cell phones, I was uh-uh. going to buy a new phone. And I wanted well, to get a white phone. It looks like we lost Matt on the podcast. Oh, no. Oh, get... wait. We're back. Oh. <laughs> we completely cut out. Oh, but we yeah. are back, y'all. The last thing, you were talking about Muhammad Ali. Okay. Okay, cool. So that scared me. Being, <laughs> um, so the black, black being bad and white being good. The angels being good. And white, Jesus being white and good, that's where you were at. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was just saying, like, um, it's so interesting how intentionally all of the good things that are supposed to rep- re- represent wholesomeness and purity are white. But everything that's an example of what's dark and what's bad is black. And uh, mm. I think we should really be aware of that and check that and question why is that. Yeah, that's a great question to ask, yeah. too. So, like, why? Why yeah, are black cats like, why bad? Has, why is that? Why does that? Why does that exist? <laughs> exactly. Like, where, where does that? Where does that come from? And like, where is the the root from that? Like, why is white seen as like the symbol of purity, whereas black is seen as this symbol of like dirtiness? Yeah, taint. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It is. But black is beautiful. Black is beautiful, y'all. Black is beautiful, absolutely. <laughs> Black is beautiful. And nothing anyone can so. say or do will ever make me think otherwise. Amen. Amen. Well, y'all, I think that's it. I think that's all we had on the agenda for tonight. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Glue. Matt, do you have anything you want to add before? 
to, to close it out. I got something to say. Send us out. Send us out. Send us out, baby. I have something to tell you guys. I love you guys, and I really appreciate you tuning in consistently to the podcast. Um, we love doing this podcast, and we love the feedback. And if you're wondering how you can get feedback, you can always just go on the Black Glue Instagram. The label, the icon, the insignia that you see right now on your mobile devices is the same icon and title for the podcast that you will see on social media, specifically Instagram, because uh, that's all we got. But uh, if you go on Instagram, you can just comment under the pictures, on the story, whatever, and just talk about um, your feelings, your thoughts, and what you've learned about yourself or conversations that you've had with others. And we'd be more than happy to talk back and forth with you about it. Or if you just want to go on there and just say what you got to say, we ain't got to say nothing to you. Just go on there, say what you got to say, speak your truth, and uh, tune into the next episode. But um, I just want to say I absolutely appreciate you all, and I love you guys. And we'll be seeing you soon, specifically next Friday at noon. I've been your host, Matt, from the East. And this is Cam from the West. Good night.